Hey everyone, welcome to another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. Patrick, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing all right. It's early yeah. and I'm waking up. <laughs> I know we don't normally we normally record these kind of afternoon, uh, but today we're doing it like uh, before another meeting we have going on today. So uh, it's you know eight eight thirty seven according to my clock. Yeah, that's which what isn't I see. Early, early. I know you're an early riser, aren't you, Pat? Yeah, I've been up for a little while, but you know this is like the first Devo that I think I've done where I'm like actively drinking a, a cup of coffee and it's like my oh, yeah. first cup of coffee of the day. <laughs> oh, well, I'm actively drinking a cup of coffee. It is not my first cup of the day. Uh, but I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here with you. And what passage are we in today? You know, we wrapped up the book of Philippians last Sunday. Yes. So we're going to jump into something different. For those of you that listen that might not be familiar, on Sundays we do our devotional on what Bible passage our church is looking at for the week. And so we're starting a new message series in the church. So we're going to start a new devotional series here on Sundays. And uh, I, I actually haven't looked beyond today on what passages we're going to be going through, but I know that this morning we're going to go through Exodus chapter 33. So, uh, go ahead and flip open to that. If you have your Bible in front of you or Google it, if you have your phone in front of you or something, Exodus 33, we're going to read verses 12 through 23. And it's a story called Moses and the glory of the Lord. Jamie, do you want to read it this morning? Yeah, man, I will read this passage. All right, here we go. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see my face, or see me, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Moses and the glory of the Lord. So this is a little back and forth that... uh Moses and God are, are having, uh, and it's pretty interesting, pretty, uh, 
again, like we always say, this is, this is my first time even reading this passage today and for in a long time, I've definitely read it before, but have not read this passage for a very long time. Yeah. This isn't like a go-to. This isn't one of those passages. You're like, man, I really could use a little bit of that Exodus 33 right now. Yeah. And I, I don't actually don't know. Like I always just remember the part you can't see my face. Right. Yeah. yeah that's like yeah, the yeah, line yeah. that I remember about this passage, but I think we should, uh, we should take this one from the top to the bottom. Hey, like there we go. Chunk by chunk, you know? So it starts off by Moses kind of quoting the Lord back to the Lord by saying, you've been telling me lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. So a little interesting, Moses knows he's been chosen to lead people. He knows yes. uh, that, that God picked him specifically and that Moses knows that God sees something in him that he doesn't see it in other people. That's kind of why he was picked. Uh, but Moses is a little concerned, right? He's like, who, yeah. who are you going to send with me? <laughs> He's like, I'm going it alone here, man. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? Now, putting this in a little context is Moses has had a very significant uh, situation happen with lots of miracles, lots of like amazing things that no one has ever seen. Um, he started out this whole mission with a burning bush, right? Uh-huh. Um, that's a miracle. If you or I saw a bush that was burning, but not burning up and heard the voice of God speaking to us, we would say, yes, that was a miracle. And we wouldn't deny God's presence. It would be right in front of us. Right. Right. So that's how Moses started this. And then he goes and they have these plagues in Egypt, uh, that he was kind of the central figure in all of these and finally culminating in him leaving, uh, with all of, uh, the Lord's people. (laughs) And going out to the desert and having the seas parted. So he has seen like the tangible, real presence of God in his life. And now he doesn't. Right. Now, oh, I just want to jump back to that burning bush quick. Here's my thought on the burning bush. You know, oh, this was okay, cool. this was early, early times, right? Long time ago. And sure, there's yeah. there people were very smart then, but I don't know if like the wisdom of just worldly things was very present then. Okay. I, w- I wonder if the burning bush wasn't like super weird for Moses. Like he wasn't like, Oh my gosh, this is like out of nowhere. You know, bushes don't spontaneously combust and then start talking. I wonder <laughs> if he like approached it and not really knowing any better. was like, Oh, okay. You know, this, this bush is telling me to do something better better follow follow through better do it I don't this know. is normal random thought anyway sorry <laughs> derail that's good yeah that's yeah you know i like i like random thoughts that's good uh yeah I, I there's been a lot of people who have talked about miracles in the bible and what they try to do kind of the most famous of all of them was thomas jefferson who went back and looked at everything in the bible that was a miracle and took it out of the bible cuz he's like well that doesn't go along with science and what we know about the world. So therefore it probably didn't happen. We're going to say it's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and we keep trying to, to, and people in general, we, we keep trying to explain away the miracles as if maybe they're a natural phenomenon or they're made up. They didn't happen. Um, 
And that's been something that people have been doing for centuries mm-hmm. where we try to explain them away. Um, but, uh, you know, what makes a miracle a miracle is the fact that it is ex- extraordinary. It's outside of our explanation. It's different. And that's what stands out. Yeah. That's what it seems like Moses is looking for. Moses needs a tangible representation that God is right there with him. Right. He yeah. needs a burning bush. Yeah. He needs a pillar of fire. He needs something. Right. Yeah. And that, I mean, you can even sense that need in verse 13 when he says, if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. And one of my favorite lines, remember that this nation is your people. It's like, whoa, no kidding. (laughs) Hey, uh, remember, remember this nation is your people. Remember. Yeah. But you know, he's coming out of of a place of humility. It's like, if you are pleased with me, if you think I'm doing well, teach me your ways. Uh, very interesting. And I think it's, you know, I, I know a lot of people who've had experiences with God that may have felt supernatural or even ones that were supernatural where they experienced the presence of God. And then shortly after, it's like the presence of God isn't there anymore. You know, like some people go to camp and they might have a profound experience of God uh, in their life. And then they come home and they're like, where was that? You know? God, yeah. where are you? Yeah. Uh, I need to know more. I want to know your ways. I want to know you. I want to find favor with you. Remember me, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a really honest, good prayer to have. Uh, if you're feeling like God isn't present or active in your life, um, this is a great prayer. Remember me, God, right? If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways. God, remember me. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, and and I think God hears that. Um, and anyway, we'll continue on in this, but... But there's just something that I think God wants to have connection with us as people. And when we have that desire to have connection with God, God meets us where we're at. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, that's, what, that's how God replies in verse 14. My mm-hmm. presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And it's wow. like, I think it's in that time of rest that you will experience God's presence the most. Like that rest is such a big, a bigger gift than, you know, sometimes you see rest and you think, oh, you know, laying in bed watching TV or, you know, sleeping or whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, But that rest is where like the God is going to really meet you. You can really get to hone in on his, on his presence and Holy Spirit. And even the word presence in, in my Bible is capital P implying, you know, Holy Spirit will be like among you in that, yes. in that rest. Yes. And that is, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's the thing we all want, right? We want to have the Holy spirit in us. Uh, and we want rest. Moses doesn't necessarily ask for rest here. Um, but God promises it, which is kind of cool. It's like grace, mm-hmm. um, verse 15, right? Then Moses said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. Like if your presence is going to stay behind, Hey, we'll stay behind. We just want to be with your presence. Right. Um, how will anyone know verse 16 that you are pleased with me and with your people, unless you go with us, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people, the face of the earth. So Moses is like, Hey, we're special because of you. And if your presence isn't with us, then we're not special. And we're just like everyone else. And we're just going to go down right? This isn't going to work unless you're with us. Mm. Um, man, 
how many lessons are in this, right? Yeah. I think a lot of us, you know, Moses is wise in here, but a lot of us like to outrun what God's doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, we're like, oh God, oh, I know what God's doing. God is calling me to be a doctor. So I'm going to run full steam at being a doctor. And maybe God was like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Like I have, I'm going to take you on this other path that might not seem like the path you want, uh, but hold on for, you know, wait for me, or I'm going to be a professional athlete. Um, and, and you run full steam at that. And, and that's good. It's good to have goals. It's good to reach out. It's good to, to give it your all and to do your best. Um, that's fantastic. That's what God calls people to do in scripture. However, what Moses is saying is that if God, God, if you're going to stay behind, being with you is more important than being a doctor, a professional athlete, a, you know, achieving his goals. Yeah. Being with God's presence is the most important thing to him. Right. Yeah. Great, great lesson in there. And, and God responds, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Now, isn't that mm-hmm. some amazing, uh, <laughs> reaffirmation <laughs> from God? Yeah. Right. I know you by name, you know, like I know a lot of people, like maybe you are on Instagram or whatever. And, um, maybe somewhere in your life of, a very like, you know, some Instagram celebrity or whatever has, has posted something that you said, or maybe replied to something or liked something that you did. Like I've, I've seen people who've been really excited about that. Cause when that happens, they're like, Oh, this really important person, like, knows my page. Yeah. They know yeah. me and it feels good. You're like, I'm known, I'm known by an important person. Well, God, who obviously is the most important, the biggest celebrity out there, uh, is the one who's like, Hey Moses, I know you by name. Yeah. Um, that is an incredible thing, right? So Moses comes up with a weird response. Yeah. <laughs> now show me your glory. It's, a, it's <laughs> as if he feels what? like that's not good enough. Yeah, like show me your glory. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, back, back it up with actions, man. You know, put your money where your mouth is, kind of a deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like show me, like what is he looking for? Is he looking just for another cheap miracle? Because it kind of, it kind of feels like that, you know. Yeah. Um, is he looking for a better understanding of who God is? Um, and this, this is a prayer I think a lot of us have. We're like, God, we want to see you. Mm-hmm. We want to know you. We want to know that you're there. We need that confirmation. Yeah. Um, Moses, I think, you know, yes, he wants that confirmation, but he also just wants, I think, to be faithful and obedient to God. Uh, and he's asking to see God's glory. And I, th- I think, this is my suspicion, is he genuinely wants to know more of who God is. Yeah. He wants to like, he wants to know it all. He doesn't want to leave any dark corners in who the person of God is. Now, God for whatever reason is like, okay. Right. Yeah. He says, I'll cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, which is Yahweh in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I'll have mercy and I'll compassion on whom I'll have compassion. So he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Um, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Cause I'm God. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, right. Right. He still is God in this. Um, and God says, but right. You cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. What's that about? 
Yeah. I, I think like that helps with the idea of your relationship with Christ never is complete, right? You never get to the point where like, okay, I know everything. And Moses, like you said, was trying to learn everything. He wanted to know everything. And I don't think you really understood that you never will know everything, right? The relationship is constantly growing, constantly progressing. And I think this is kind of Christ's way of saying, you can know every single little detail about me. Our relationship could be like all come the best that it could ever be. But even then you won't get to see my face. Right. And you, and you won't see my face until, until the, like your day to come to the kingdom of God is near is here. You know what I mean? It's like, you won't see my face until you ascend into heaven and actually get to, to be with me in the kingdom of God. Yeah. There is, you're right. There's that constant mystery. And also God is so holy. And this is in old Testament. We see this a lot is you don't want to mess around with God's holiness, meaning don't take it lightly. Uh, If you take it lightly, God's just immense power and his goodness and his holiness. uh, What can end up happening is, is uh, death ends up being the result. I mean, there was even occasions in the old Testament where a dude kind of like slipped and his hand fell on the ark which is supposed to be, you know, kind of the presence of God um, in a box um, or God's footstool mm-hmm. is another way of putting it. And he died. Mm-hmm. He, he he didn't, you know, he touched the ark. He wasn't supposed to. And he died. Boom. Gone. Yeah. And uh, and so and, you know, in people in the Old Testament, too, who rebel against God, uh, it's it's pretty harsh. Um, there's, a you know, there's bad stuff that happens. I mean, even look at at while they're escaping Egypt and what happened to the Egyptians. Right. So God is holy, but God also is personal and intimate. Yeah. And in this passage, we're seeing both of those things happen. Yeah. Simultaneously, like simultaneously at the same time. Yeah. And that's kind of cool because the personal intimate idea of God is something we don't usually think about until we get into the new Testament and we think about Jesus and we think about the Holy spirit in the old Testament. Um, God does meet people in kind of one-on-one situations, but, but a lot of times we're thinking bigger picture. We're thinking of nations. We're thinking of people groups. We're thinking of wars and battles and God being on one side or the other. Um, this is one of these cool moments where there's this personal, intimate, merciful God. Yeah. And then, you know, the personal interaction, like you were kind of saying, verse 21 through 23, this last chunk, which is kind of out there, you know. Yeah, for sure. God says, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. Okay. Well, when my glory passes by, I'll put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed or until I have passed by, then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. And the, for some reason, the only thing that comes to mind when I read this is you ever seen like movies when someone runs and slides across the hood of a car, they kind of, oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I imagine God you kind of doing, back? doing one of those moves, you know, <laughs> what, what I was thinking more of is like God doing like a stiff arm. Like you're trying to see God and he like pushes out the stiff arm in your face. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then like, all you see is like, you know, his, the numbers in his helmet running away from you. Yeah. Uh, and you never actually saw his face. Um, yeah, this is a weird way of, of God doing that. Um, so he he does this right. So he's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. 
I'm going to throw you into a rock. I'm going to protect you. Uh, and I'm going to hold my hand up so you won't die. Yeah. And so this is an interesting a concept, I think, for us to understand. And that is we cannot be in the full presence of God and see God face to face and live. We can't do that. But God makes a way for Moses to get a taste of it, right? Yeah. And he, he's doing all of that to protect Moses. Right. There's a, there's a piece of protection. So from the beginning of time, this whole idea uh, of sin or opposition to God has, uh, has been a, an issue yeah. uh, from the time of Adam and Eve. And God, even back then, provided a way. Uh, it wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the ideal perfect plan, but he provided a way to make sure that people would have uh, communion with God, would be able to be connected with God. And so today, what we have is we have Jesus, right? We don't need to get a hand to the face. We don't need to uh, be put into a rock. Jesus died and we are clothed with Christ, uh, meaning that we can have the presence of God living inside of us. Um, how incredible is that? Instead of us being hidden from the presence of God in a rock, now God's presence is hidden inside of us. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. God's presence is within us. Thank you for checking out today's devotional. Hope you enjoyed it wherever you are when you listen to it, whether it's on Sunday, Monday, whatever it is. Thanks for tuning in and listening. And you'll hear from us again on Wednesday morning. <laughs>